Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. And, Lou, we have Anthony Nieves on with us shortly. He's going to be talking about the non-manufacturing report on business that came out from the Institute for Supply Management.org, for those of you going to the website, under news and research. And it looks like a good, strong report. How say you, Lou? Good to you? It, yeah, it looks, looks better than the uh, manufacturing report did a couple of days ago. But uh, Tony will get uh, – Anthony, sorry – Anthony will give us all the ins and outs and ups and downs of that. Uh, I do want to make one comment just in case we forget by the end of the show that the uh, ISM semi-annual report is coming oh, out yeah. on, uh, I think, May 8th. And uh, we will have uh, Anthony and uh, Tim on the show talking about that report. Looking forward to it. So, that is a, Anthony, that, that, you, that is a potent report. Are you here, Anthony? I am here. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So, so Anthony, you... your report comes in strong. Uh, as Lou was saying, the manufacturing report was a bit softer, but yours is holding up. Give us uh, give us the highlight. Sure thing. And uh, I will say this much. As strong as the reading is at 55.5, the expectations this month were actually a little bit higher for the non-manufacturing sector. I think uh, economists were forecasting it to come in over 57. But um, we have to keep in mind that we've been running quite strong in this sector. Uh, we've had 117 consecutive months um, overall of uh, growth. And um, uh, I'm sorry, the, the non-manufacturing sector grew for 111 consecutive months. It was the uh, business activity that was up to uh, like 117 months. But when you look at the last two years, uh, we've been running uh, full steam with um, a little bit of uh, cooling off here and there. Uh, and what we're seeing this month is kind of more of a leveling off versus a cooling off. And we see that with the composite index at 55.5, it's down uh, slightly 0.6 percentage points. Yet, conversely, we look at business activity at 59.5, it went up 2.1 percentage points. That's kind of the pull through from the high new orders numbers we've seen in prior months. And speaking of new orders, at 58.1, we're down 0.9 percentage points, again, less than a percentage point. And the fourth, uh, uh, third, I should say, index that makes up the composite employment which is a very uh, strong indicator of where things are going in the non-manufacturing sector because of how labor-intensive it is, we've come down 2.2 percentage points, 53.7. But to qualify that, we have to keep in mind we've had such low unemployment. It dipped down to 3.6 percent, lowest since 1969. Um, it's just very tough out there for employment resources. The labor pool has shrunk. And what we're seeing uh, and what our respondents are telling us, and there's numerous comments throughout the report from our respondents on the subject of um, employment in their respective companies, is that backfilling positions, filling open positions, they're just moving bodies from one company to another company, and it's just a creating a void somewhere else. So it's a, 
it's really tough. Uh, one of the comments were about getting entry-level positions. Um, we see that trend has been continuing ongoing as far as the shortage of labor in construction arena. Um, it's, and we know that in the trucking industry, we know that uh, truck drivers were, were down considerably as far as that pool is concerned. And uh, the last uh, index we see for the composite supplier deliveries, 50.5, it came down 1.5 percentage points. And what's good about that is that we're seeing the catch-up uh, from some of the capacity constraints we had uh, in prior months. We still need to see some improvement in overland trucking, but overall, companies are catching up uh, on the output side of things uh, for the non-manufacturing sector. Uh, Anthony, I'd like to go back a point or two for a moment. <clears throat> uh, the new uh, new job number came out this morning at 263,000, which is terrific. But to your point about the fact that jobs are just moving from one place to another and creating voids in other places, th this is an unwinnable uh, situation because we have 10,000 people a day that are dying and retiring. We only have 4,000 people entering the workforce every day. So do the math. We're going to come up real short somewhere down the line. As long as we don't come up real short and we're on one side of that equation, we're not part of that 10,000 piece, <laughs> then I'm right. feeling pretty good. <laughs> but I, it's, it's something that, you know, the, there are schools, there are agencies, there's orgs, they're trying to come up with a solution. Uh, it's, it can't be solved. Maybe we yeah. ought to bring in immigrants into the country and train them and perhaps let some of the not-so-bad prisoners out of prisons and get them to work. Uh, there are some things that we could be doing. No question. And it's a quagmire for sure. And I knew I knew something political was going to come into the conversation. <laughs> I was just waiting on it. No, I didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> I I don't talk politics. Yeah, <laughs> never. I've never heard you. So, Anthony, speaking of talk, what are your respondents saying in this survey? Oh, there are so many numerous comments and uh and and one here just for the same uh, topic we were talking about uh, extremely difficult to fill direct care personnel positions that's out of healthcare and social assistance and that's uh, near and dear to me in the industry that I'm in um <clears throat> this one came from public administration business is steady recruiting qualified employees has been difficult so we're starting to see that trend throughout um, all of these different uh, different industries. Here's a good one from Wholesale Trade, and we were talking before the show about Wholesale Trade and transportation and warehousing. I'm queuing up that next question from Lou. But anyway, <laughs> the, uh, we had a general slowing of business activity beginning in February. We initially believed that February's slowness was primarily weather-related, but the slowness continued into March and now April. And that, that's right from that wholesale trade uh, industry. So we're seeing, again, just a little waning in the strength and the rate of growth. But still, um, you know, as you guys said, mid-50s, that's, that's a good number. Um, some of the other, uh, the New Waters Index at 58.1, close to 60. It's very good rate of growth. So, uh, you know, we don't want to have an overheating situation here um, with the economy. And uh, I think things are just... In a, in a good place when you look at 
we have low inflation um, and we're having uh, steady growth and unemployment rates low. I think the Fed's doing a great job. Um, depends who you ask, but that's my perspective. <clears throat> who is it that was going to be named as the director of the Federal Reserve yesterday? Was it oh. Dr. Was it uh, Moore? Somebody was being uh, pronounced as a candidate. I, I don't. I haven't seen it myself. Yeah, I, there was something, and and they, I heard them going on and on about it. The, you know, the talking heads about what a colossal mistake, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I'm not talking politics, so I, I don't know who it is. <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> let's, move, let's move on. <laughs> So, Anthony, with this report, you know, these reports have been pretty solid and, and pretty favorable over the last many months. Any surprises in the report? Well, I uh, I was surprised that we had, um, you know, when I looked at the composite index when I first um, received the data, I, I was expecting uh, all four of the leading, uh, um, or I should say composite indexes, uh, to be down, and I was pleasantly surprised that we saw the business activity pop up to 2.1 percentage points. The other thing is seeing export and imports come back uh, with some strength, and uh, the 4.5 increase on export orders and the 3.5 percent on the import side. Well, that's you know, exports and imports is always fun to watch, and Lou and I are always kind of tuned into that because. So much of the economy, 15% of people don't realize it, 15% of our GDP is exports. I mean, it's, uh, we make things, we pr produce uh, services, they go out the country. And I imagine a large part of that is in your wheelhouse, Anthony, in terms of exporting of knowledge and services. Uh, definitely. Uh, that whole knowledge management piece, the professional scientific technical services, management of companies, Information is really the big one there uh, as we outsource um, the actual um, mechanics of it, but the, the strategy development uh, per se is what is what we uh, export out to other countries. Clearly needed. So if there are no surprises, are there any headwinds that you see coming up for the non-manufacturing sector? That's a great question. It was one um, <clears throat> that we actually asked the uh, uh, just to take a step back, when we were at the international conference, uh, we had former chair Janet Yellen as a, one of the keynotes, and she also did a breakout session for uh, some of the chief procurement officers at the exec-in uh, session. And the one thing about uh, what – that was a question that we posed exactly to her, and uh, interesting that she thought that there were none out there that we could see if it, except for possibly, uh, you know, some something catastrophic or whatever. But for the most part, these things have a life cycle. But when you look at the economy, and in the past, the life cycle has either been started, uh, stopped rather, because of some intervention. Uh, and I, as much as I just said, the Federal Reserve has done a great job. They have caused a couple of recessions in the past. So, you know, we just have to be careful and see what's out there. But right now. Um, the things that are up in the air that could possibly derail the strength of the economy is uh, we have to find out what's the situation when we're going to get a resolution with this trade agreement with China. Uh, we have had Brexit still out there pending. Uh, we still have some other geopolitical issues that we have to address. So 
um, and then the turmoil we have in our own country, not to talk politics. We have no turmoil. So let me get to talk about Dr. Young. Uh, I saw her at the event also, and I, I heard her uh, keynote speech. And one of the things that uh, I came away with that is that she was talking about that things are going to sail through into 2020 uh, on an, on this up note that we're on. So I felt pretty comfortable hearing that come from her, of all people. Yep. yep. Real Definitely. smart, smart, smart woman. Really enjoyed her speech. <clears throat> so the um, the going the going forward is looking clear. Um, we we in the metals business have been seeing somewhat of a, a a dip, mostly caused by people telling us, "Well, we didn't get the contract yet. Uh, they haven't signed the contract. Uh, we're getting the contract. You've got the order, but it's not complete." Uh, so we're we're getting a, a Somewhat of a stall is the probably the right word to use. That's what we are experiencing. Yeah, it's um, you know we always like to see a few months under the belt to see how things trend out and not uh, take a one month snapshot and try and right. base a conclusion on it. Right, right. That that doesn't work well. So, what, Anthony, what else? Is this, is this- yeah, excuse me, Lou. Anthony, in this report, seeing not a lot of weaknesses, uh, where are the strengths in this report that industries can look at? Because it's it's really so solid right now. Well, I, I think that when you look at the, the report in totality, that um, what I like is it's balanced. It's not, again, going back to the business activity, is telling us that, that things are still going strong. Employment, I'd like to see that um, grow a little bit more, but, you know, it's still not – there's a big difference between slowing and rate of growth and contraction, right? And this is not contracting. But it's down that 2.2 percentage points going back to all the comments we we just made about, you know, employment resources, uh, not to be redundant. Um, I think that's stifling growth a little bit. Um, It's also impacted capacity. I think Tim had also mentioned that as well, that he felt it was holding back the manufacturing side on the employment piece. So, um, you know, that's that's the, the, you know, not to not to dodge the question, but I think we have a lot of bright spots here. I think it could be even better um, if we uh, improve um, that, that resource there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Clearly, the skills gap has arrived on the scene for both manufacturing and non-manufacturing Lou and I have been talking about it for a full five years now. It's clearly beginning to arrive into your reports and show up as a, uh, a slight drag on forward movement. So we're interested and in, we'll be watching that going forward to see how it corrects. Lou? Well, you're right. Uh, however, uh, what we've seen in the last five years is that uh, skill gaps is now known. Everybody has heard it, and uh, the even the government is is now responding to it in that uh, they're helping a lot of these uh, uh, orgs like uh, New Jersey uh, MEP uh, and that whole group in training programs and helping to support some of that. 
the the game plan, I think, is that we really have to uh, re-educate a certain portion of the uh, economy to the new technologies and so on that we have uh, instead of waiting for your job to just slip slide away. Uh, and that's happened in you know many, many generations where old technology goes away and then mom passed it on the, uh, uh, on the, on the porch saying, uh, you know, we don't have money and we don't uh, have jobs. Uh, but there is a lot of training going on. Uh, I might even mention that uh, I was at a, um, advisory board meeting yesterday for a company called Virtual Enterprises International, who uh, is located in uh, 500, uh, 500 schools, 18 states, 15,000 students, where the last year of their year in high school, they trained them to how to run a company and trained them uh, in regards to entrepreneurial uh, skills. Uh, they're very successful at this, and uh, I was really, really impressed with what they're doing. Uh, it's an amazing effort, and it's all Anthony, volunteers. Anthony, I'm just wondering, there's a whole segment of the industry out there uh, that we've never talked about, and it may, maybe it's in your report, and maybe it's measured separately, and that is the dot edu world or the education world that lou was just talking about is education represented as an industry in your report yes it is it is one of the 18 industries education and um <clears throat> i'm trying to see if on the report itself where it's listed and in uh, one of the indexes as to where it is as far as rate of growth um i will say yeah education is it's educational services the actual name of the industry and it's uh, it grew uh, as far as one of the 15 industries that had growth month to month, albeit though they tend to be, it, if you look on the industry performance, it's listed in order, and they're down mm -hmm. toward the bottom of, uh, they're like the third up from uh, uh, from information, finance, and insurance, and then education. So that, that puts them at 12th out of 15. <clears throat> uh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I always uh, see comments come in from our respondents as it relates to you know, fiscal budget is different for, for the education system, a uh, different time frame. It's not so much on a calendar year. It's more on the September uh, piece. And uh, if you look back to the recession, there were two industries that continued to reflect growth even in a down economy. One of them was healthcare and social assistance, and the other was education. So those two were very resilient. And, you know, to speak further to what Lou is speaking about, about training and everything else, every time the economy has had a correction, it's gone through some kind of transformation, whether it was going back to, like, Industrial Revolution type things. But technology has made so many professions antiquated, just like online distribution has killed a portion of the retail sector, uh, industry rather. And so we didn't have a huge amount of technological advancement going back uh, prior to the last uh, you know, three or four years. There was a 10-year period where we had advancements, but they weren't like huge advancements like what we've seen in the past technology-wise. Because if you roll the clock back to in the 90s, early 90s, before the Internet was widely used, right. um, 
things were still going snail mail. Uh, we were heavy faxes. Um, things hit you slower. And now, when you look at capacity, um, and you look at uh, provisional capacity, when you look at the operating rate, and we'll see that on uh, uh, Wednesday when we come out with the uh, semi-annual, just year over year, companies have learned to do more with less. And the efficiency levels of companies is just keeps increasing as technology is more incorporated into the business world and into our everyday lives. And so now the big things out there um, with the uh, AI, the artificial intelligence, now we're seeing a big push toward blockchain for efficiencies. Um, you're seeing all this automation now, uh, even in, uh, from, I think I went to a doctor's office the other day and, you know, you're checking in on an iPad now. You're not even signing your name anywhere. And um, even in the stores, you know, you're doing the cell scanning. It's just it's affected jobs as well, some of this automation. It's eliminated positions. It's created efficiencies. But back to Lou's point, you don't want to wind up on the por- on the porch saying, where'd the money go? <clears throat> yeah, right. And what's interesting, you're saying things come at you faster now than they did in the 90s and 80s, et cetera. While we were on this uh, discussion, I got a pop-up on one of my screens that said robots have become closer to unloading trucks. So they're now designing robots that can read the skids and safely take them off of trucks and put them where they need to go. Um, you know, that's how fast technology is moving. As we're discussing it, it's happening. This yep. is kind of like Bill Gates wrote a book some time back called Business at the Speed of Thought. And I think we're in that era right now. Yep, it's looking that way for sure. <coughs> All right, so what's what's the headwinds? Do you see any? Oh, not at this juncture. I, I think that, um, again, we need to get some, uh, you know, the global economy is doing better, and uh, that would have been a drag on our economy if, if they didn't get some resolution there. I still think that, you know, the U.K. has to figure out what they're doing. <clears throat> they're a big trading partner. We need to finalize, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a trade agreement with China so we can get on with things here and uh, hopefully not have any other rounds of or lower levies of uh, uh, tariffs or whatnot. Um, but right now, as, as long as there's not um, any intervention that causes um, the rates to go up too high and we stay where we are, I think, the, like I said, the Fed's done a great job because even with this low inflation, you want to, you want to, uh, you might be tempted to raise the interest rates, but Right now, they're doing the right thing by staying pat, I think. So not to second-guess anything they do. They're a lot smarter than I am. Does anybody care anymore about Brexit over in Europe? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only people that talk about it are the news people. Well, you know, the thing is, it does have an impact. If, if, If they're not getting their whole situation right over there, it does affect us and how we conduct business overseas. And I think because it's out of sight, out of mind, uh, and the news, uh, the media keeps bringing it up, and and rightfully so. I mean, we may not be close enough to understand everything that's going on over there, but it does affect world commerce. We don't even understand their parliament. (laughs) (laughs) They don't understand their parliament. 
Yeah. Well, I don't understand our Congress, so what does that tell you? <laughs> oh, amen. Are you talking? Amen. Are you talking politics? <laughs> no, I didn't say a word about that. That was my okay. Lou impersonation. Ah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> well, Anthony, we always enjoy hearing from you and Tim on these reports. They're critically important, and and it's amazing how much they both mirror what has really happened and forecast to agree to a degree what is likely to happen in the very near term. So we appreciate you joining us again on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having and me on we'll, the show. And we'll see you or hear you on the 8th. Sounds yeah, great. Yeah, Looking we, forward to it. Okay. Do a good report. I'll give it my yeah. best shot. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Day. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. And we've been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. If you take both the manufacturing and the non-manufacturing reports and lay them side by side and go through them, you'll get a real good picture on what is happening in manufacturing and non-manufacturing in the U.S., how the economy is going. And interestingly enough, those reports do equate over to the GDP. So whatever formula they use, it's been also fairly accurate. Lou, I know you've been following the manufacturing ism report for decades. probably four decades yeah close to it close to it it's, it's always wonderfully accurate so we encourage all of our listeners to go to institute for supply org or find this show at mfgtalkradio.com we always have a link to the report and we also have the report within a e-zine that we publish once a month called metals and manufacturing outlook so Lots of places for you to get great information. And, Lou, anything else before we wrap? No, I just want to remind everybody that we've got a bunch of new podcasts uh, in the in the can and working. Uh, we've got um, Man- Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Walton. We have uh, Full Time with Damien Nicholas. Uh, we have uh, Willie Miller with Where's Willie? Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything more about that. You'll have to figure that one out on your own. Uh, and uh, we got one or two others that we're cooking with. Uh, we're branching out and becoming a podcast network, and uh, we'll see where we go. You know, I may have to uh, retire from one company to work. Uh, you know, my 80 hours <laughs> at uh, uh, Yellow Jacket Media Co. Which, by the <laughs> yeah, way. <that's> right. <laughs> It, the, the name of the company is actually Jacket Media Co., but it's on a black field with a yellow jacket, and everyone's calling it the Yellow uh, Jacket Media Co. So they, they've been psychologically tapped. Yeah, that's right. The main change may be in the offering. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Lou. I appreciate uh, always chatting with you, and Lou and I are always connected by iPad so we can uh, – chat visually with one another and we're also working on some videos that will probably migrate to in the not too distant future but for this episode of manufacturing talk radio thanks once again for tuning in all for now thanks for joining us on manufacturing talk radio you can hear our next broadcast each tuesday at 1 p.m eastern standard time at mfgtalkradio.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.